0: I was innocent, just like y'all. I was an innocent man who decided to come to Indiana to make a better living for my my family. And it was ticked
1: That was Keith Cooper speaking to the Notre Dame Law School in 2017. Few months earlier, he became the first and only person in Indiana history to win a pardon from the governor based on actual innocence. Cooper was wrongfully convicted of robbery and attempted murder in 1997 and sentenced to 40 years in prison. He was released after nine years when the case against him fell apart. Mistakes like Cooper's are more common than you may think. There have been nearly 2,700 wrongful convictions overturned in the last three decades. That's an average of one every four days. Each case is its own tragic story. But the people behind them all have one thing in common. They're being helped by a group of Notre Dame law students who are discovering what it means to be a different kind of lawyer in a surprisingly flawed criminal justice system. I'm Brendan O'Shaughnessy, and you're listening to the Notre Dame Stories six-part series, Proving Innocence. Tia Paulette was a second year law student at Notre Dame in 2016. She and a handful of other students decided to reactivate a club that had gone dormant. It was the Innocence Club, and Paulette became its co founder and first president.
0: We would just sit down and I mean, we would talk and dream of all of these things in the abstract, you know, and and we were really like, okay, so what do we do? You know, how do we uh, go about, you know, just sort of. Penetrating the law school community with all of this information that just wasn't present at the time very important information, you know surrounding um, Just the hardships of the criminal justice field and, um, and wrongful convictions as a whole um, So we kind of came up with a three plan approach. Um, we always called it the three A's uh, And that was uh, first awareness uh, then advocacy and then action Um so at the outset, we had to choose an advisor, and it was no
1: question. Uh, we all agreed that we wanted Professor Garule. Uh He was just amazing. Law school faculty member Jimmy Garoule is a former federal and state prosecutor and an expert in criminal law and terrorist financing. He was happy to help.
0: We didn't have any resources from the previous club. We didn't even really have a constitution or any sort of... Um, just lay out of what they had previously done or anything. Um, so it was really us just, it, it's interesting because it, it started out as a reactivation, but it really became a founding, you know, just creating something um, from the ground up that was com- completely new and um, uh, became, you know, more widespread than we thought it, it ever would.
1: For their first big event, Paulette bought dozens of white roses with her own money and placed them in the law school commons, where students gather and eat. The club made cards containing facts about current wrongful conviction cases.
0: And just the response that we received, we knew right then and there that, you know, it it wasn't necessarily people that care about these issues, it's just that, again, there was no awareness. Uh, and so we knew, wow, you know, we kind of had them in the palm of our hands. We kind of had, you know, hit a cord within their heart. We would uh, meet with Professor Grulé every week, and in about February of 2017, he said, you know, there's this case out of Elkhart with this man named Keith Cooper, and this uh, attorney in Elliott's law, I mean, it's right next door. So. They became uh, our, pretty much our grand opening, honestly. I mean, that particular event, I, my God, I, I could never forget it. It was one of the most life changing experiences I, I've ever had. Um, it was phenomenal. You know, his, his story just sort of, it uh, just had all of our hearts. You know, and, at the end, there was hardly a dry eye in that room. I mean, here's this man here in, in the physical form who is just this, uh, gosh, this horrible token of the hardships of the criminal justice field. And
1: I never cease to you know, not be speechless whenever I just think about what it was like to sit there and listen to him. The club's leaders went to dinner with Cooper and Slosser at the Morris Inn. Slosser had begun working on exoneration cases when he was still in law school, so he challenged the students to get involved right away.
2: If you want to free innocent people, use your law school experience to start that now instead of waiting until after you pass the bar. My name is Elliot Slosser. I am uh, a civil rights lawyer based out of Chicago. I work at the law firm of Lovie & Lovie in the Exoneration Project. I am now an adjunct professor at Notre Dame Law School, and I help Professor Groulay teach the Notre Dame Exoneration and Justice Project.
1: Paulette and the other club members felt that the opportunity had fallen into their laps.
0: We ran with it. It seemed like, you know, exactly what we needed. It was informal, um, but very impactful. You know, these teams of people uh, who would go out, you know, every weekend or every other weekend with Elliot into uh, and, and the field and be, you know, helping him investigate his cases that he had out of Elkhart County. They were committing endless countless hours to these cases for no credit at all they absolutely loved the opportunity and they were willing to give everything that they had you know we felt like we owed it to them to try and get an externship
1: paulette and co-founder eric Augustin had no idea how to turn the club into a class but they helped create what the law school calls an externship with the help of jimmy and Bob Jones, who oversees legal clinics at Notre Dame. We did a lot of research and we committed just everything we had to it. Um, so once the proposal was done uh, and Professor Gurule uh, took it over, uh, you know, did his edits, and, and presented it before the faculty. Professor Jimmy Gurule explains how the project grew.
3: Initially, it was a student organization that had as its goal uh, educating the public on wrongful convictions and the problem of wrongful convictions in, in, in the country. And it evolved from a student organization to a volunteer uh, organization where students were volunteering to work on wrongful conviction cases, cases that, had, that were being investigated by the Exoneration Project, uh, headquartered in Chicago. And then from there it, uh, it became a uh, course called the Wrongful Conviction Externship, where students were receiving academic credit for their work on these cases. How serious a problem is wrongful conviction in the U.S. justice system? I think it's a very serious problem. Uh, Historically, since 1989, there are reported approximately 2,700 wrongful conviction cases in this country. And those are only the cases where the court ordered the conviction be overturned based on innocence, that the wrong person or the person was wrongfully convicted of a crime. And I think that's really only the, the tip of the iceberg, That 2,700 cases, because those are only the cases where there was sufficient evidence to overturn the conviction. How do you feel about the prevalence of, of these mistakes and problems? Well, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm actually shocked by it. I, you know, Before I joined the, the law faculty at Notre Dame, I worked as a prosecutor, both federal and state, for uh, nine years. And um, I am offended by the fact—well, I guess I'm concerned, offended, but, but also concerned— that despite all of the constitutional protections that are afforded individuals that are charged with a crime— in, in our country, you know, the right to a trial, the right to a lawyer, due process, on and on, that still, despite all of those protections, individuals are wrongfully convicted.
1: What do you hope that the law students get out of this experience of being in this, this project in this class?
3: Well, an, a number of things. You know, first, it, it's, it's going to provide them and does provide them an, an intimate um, insight into the criminal justice system. Second, it it affords them an opportunity to take the learning, the knowledge that they're gaining in law school, and apply it in a very impactful way to uh, address and correct the miscarriage of justice.
1: The externship and class were approved just as Paulette graduated in 2018. She's now an assistant attorney general in Illinois, but she remembers how it felt when the exoneration project was approved.
0: We just sort of like just sat down and thought oh my god did we really just do that did we really just take a club that started out as absolutely nothing no funding uh, no awareness you know just no infrastructure and make this an externship you know we knew we would never really be able to participate in um but it really wasn't about us it, it was about you know it was about the overall cause and people like keith cooper you know, um, an Andy War- Warrior, who was um, one of the first cases that the students worked on. The exoneration project, I believe, just made me the prosecutor that I, I became, one who was compassionate um, about, you know, both ends of, of the criminal justice system and one who really I felt that it was my job and my duty as a prosecutor with the utmost power in the criminal justice system with all of the discretion um, and the person who made all the calls to ensure that I did
2: right by every single defendant that I came across. Notre Dame law students um, participate in every aspect of our post-conviction litigation. So when you think of this project. Um, You know, oftentimes people only learn about what we're doing when we file a petition or when somebody is released. And what they don't see, you know, are the years of hard work that goes into uh, what's on paper and what's later proven at an evidentiary hearing. And so students, you know, participate in investigation. They go talk to witnesses. Uh, They go talk to alternate suspects. They go meet with our clients. Um, They do legal research, they draft petitions, you know, they do everything that a lawyer would do uh, under our supervision. In terms of what practical experience they get in this project, I think it's really unrivaled. I'm not sure that there, um, you know, are opportunities, many opportunities in law school for people um, to go into a prison and meet with somebody who's wrongfully been there for 20 years um, or talk to a witness about The types of coercive methods that police officers use to get a false statement really is, um, you know, involvement from the students from the beginning through the end uh, in ways that I think law schools typically can't provide those experiences. You know, this isn't a a mock trial, it's somebody's life. And if we lose, um, our clients could die in prison.
1: In August, the externship transformed into a legal clinic. This means that it has more resources and functions as a standalone law firm that can represent clients.
2: At this point in our clinic, we have um, eight different uh, wrongful conviction cases in Elkhart. Uh, some of those cases uh, involve co-defendants. Uh, and in one of those cases, uh, one of the co-defendants is actually represented by the Innocence Project in New York.
1: Gurule says the new clinic's work fits perfectly with Notre Dame's mission.
3: And so that term, different kind of lawyer, really uh, speaks to, to to the values of Notre Dame Law School. And the different kind of lawyer is not simply a lawyer that's that's looking to, to get a job and make money and 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 live a live a, a wealthy or successful life, but instead a lawyer that that is willing to take that knowledge and education and use it for the broader public good, to um, make our society a better society, to address um, social justice, correct social justice issues and problems in, in our country. And the work that, that's, that the students are engaged in in the Exoneration Justice Project are doing exactly that.
1: Which brings us back to Keith Cooper, who moved from Chicago to Indiana to build a better life. His story started with an everyday task, buying cereal to eat with his kids over Saturday morning cartoons. And then, everything changed.
3: She said, that's him. I said, no, let me get out the car. I'm not the man that robbed her.
1: Next time on Proving Innocence, we take you inside the case of Keith Cooper, charged with a robbery he didn't commit, In a town he barely knew.
3: And I didn't know they was coming for me. I didn't know. I never suspected that that they was coming for me, because I'm just an innocent man coming from the store. And when they made, they jumped out the car and put the guns to my head and threw me on the ground. And from that, my life was living.